Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Larry Ball, former Miami Dolphin. I'm listening to the Fantasy Justice Show. I'm Arturo Freeman, former NFL player, defensive back, and I listen to the Fantasy Gesture. This is Pat Sertan, and you're listening to the Fantasy Gesture Show. Know your role and shut your mouth because the people's champ is ready to talk. <laughs> yeah, that's right, folks. We broke that one out. It's that kind of night. Feeling, feeling a little, you know, throwback there. Got the old intro for you folks. How's everybody doing tonight? I am the Fantasy Jester, and this is the Fantasy Jester Show, Professional Snowball Fighting. Hmm. Good title for tonight. We'll talk about that in a minute. How's everybody doing? We are coming to you tonight live from D-Land, Florida, where it's a beautiful, beautiful 56 degrees, nice for you gotta understand for us that's a that's a little chilly. That's a that's a little little chilly for us. I know for some that's nice weather right about now. You only wish it was about fifty six right now, but I'll tell you folks, it's absolutely beautiful for us. And wherever you're listening, I hope it's just as nice. Enjoy the next two hours of insanity that we bring you each and every week. Stats, sports, and God knows anything can happen at any minute, and it has on this show. It comes from either JT, myself, or some of the guests, surprise guests, some of the surprises that some of the actual guests say. You don't even know what's going to go on. So enjoy the fun. Enjoy the stats. Enjoy sports. That's what we're all here for. That's what we love. And, uh, you know, we're brought to you by FantasyJusticeSports.com. Your kingdom for fantasy sports and more little, little blogs about sports for you there. We give you a little, little quick hitters, little stories, little stories that nobody else sometimes a, a touch of. We don't necessarily go with the exact story that's going on right now. That's what the podcasts are for. And if you listen to the Fantasy Justice Show, you can also catch us on FantasyJusticeSports.com and iTunes, Fantasy Justice Show. Now, the Fantasy Justice Show on iTunes covers each and every one of our podcasts. So don't forget, go ahead and check it out on iTunes. Listen to some of the great, great interviews that we've had and great guests that we've had. Go have some fun. Go get caught up. Tonight, obviously, I'll be bringing in JT. For those of you who already know the show, know I'll be bringing in JT. And, uh, you know, he'll have some golden nugget of his own to bring. You know, that is why... You know, between JT and myself, we bring you that one-two punch that no other show can match, folks. You know, and it's not just myself. And as much as I would love to toot my horn, and everybody knows I do, and I have no problem doing it, especially when I'm correct. Oh, and speaking of correct, it 12-0? and 0? Am I still perfect picking the Giants? Is JT still giving nuggets weeks before Matthew Berry, too? I mean, between the two of us, this is why we are the one-two punch, folks. You don't want to miss what we have to say. Tonight's show, professional snowball fighting. And we'll get to that again, like I said, in a moment. MLB, little news and notes. We're going to talk some of the off-season moves so far and the fantasy implications. And uh, I just... 
I have an interesting scenario that I've never seen before in my uh, professional sports life. And I can't wait to talk to JT about that and, and get his perspective, especially since uh, he is a Yankee hater. Wrestling, WWE, the latest, FXE. We got a little bit of news. If you missed the show the other night, we'll talk about what's going on there so you don't miss what is going on. FXE, Florida Extreme Entertainment. Again, like I said, we're going to talk a little WWE, NBA. We'll talk NBA. Is there anybody on JT's watch list in the NBA? So JT's going to take the NBA, and then I'm going to take the NHL tonight. And, uh, is Columbus for real? Is anybody paying attention to the Columbus Blue Jackets? You know, earlier in the week on Fantasy Jester, the Facebook page, I, I, I put that out there that is anybody paying attention to this team and what, you know, Torts is doing with them? You know, a lot of people have questioned uh, John Tortorella's co- uh, coaching ability and his style. I find that hard to believe. I mean, he, he, he's won. He's, he's a proven winner. Uh, his act can get old because he's he's an old-style coach. Sometimes that rubs guys the wrong way. As long as you're winning, everybody buys into it. But as soon as there's any kind of adversity, it seems like uh, the teams eat themselves. But anyway, we'll talk about Columbus later on. And then, of course, you know, the back end of the show, the last hour, we'll go ahead. We'll be talking about the NFL. Here we are, folks. I mean, this is the stretch run. This is, I mean, right now, if you are a football fan, first of all, okay, you're you're just having a ball. I mean, well, hopefully, depending where your team is, I guess. <laughs> I, I can say that because, you know, uh, the Giants are still in the hunt. And uh, we'll be talking about my beloved Giants, obviously, as I'm going to try and go 13-0 this week, predicting the games. And, uh, you know, also, obviously, for you fantasy football players out there, there is, this is it. This is it, and this is the place to go for those fantasy news and notes. JT and I will be talking about that, and as we go through the games, we'll be touching on a couple of players that you want to pay attention to, in particular, King's Ransom or Fool's Gold kind of players, you know, that JT and I, again, we're not going to give you the guys that are out there that everybody knows. No kidding. We're going to give you guys to pay attention to. What you should be doing for your fantasy lineup now as you're getting ready. Also, my thoughts on Adrian Peterson. Should you be stashing him? Should you have already stashed him? What's my thoughts on that? I'll give you that in a little bit as well. Professional snowball fighting, folks, and this is my rant for tonight. You know, I have a little bit of a problem. I love the different sports that we have. You know, you could put on TV, and I mean, there's a wide range of just some crazy sports. I mean, you know, a lumberjack competition and all this stuff that I, I really, me personally, I think we should come up with professional snowball fighting. You can have one-on-one competitions. You can have team competitions. You know, who throws the fastest snowball? Who throws the hardest? Who's cheating? Who's juicing their balls? Think about that, huh? (laughs) Are your balls too hard? Have you frozen your balls? 
you know, things that can go on that, you know, you can cheat in this. And we're going to get JT. Matter of fact, we should, I think I'm going to stop my rant right now because on the subject of snowballs uh, and if your balls are too hard or not in this and how the rules of the game should be set up, I really don't think I should be having this conversation without my partner in crime. Wherever I go, folks, you can get him on Twitter, Fez437. You have Jason J.T. Townsend. J.T., how are you tonight, sir? You know, Jester, out of all those times that I thought I may be able to stop your rant, to find out is to talk about, are my balls too hard? Are they frozen? Are they juiced? Ooh, just never thought it'd be about that. You know, hey, listen, brother, it's touche. You know, once upon a time, folks, on a, on a podcast, I never thought I'd be having to deal with a Ron Jeremy reference. So there you go. Hey, tell me Van Gundy doesn't look like him. I'm with you, though. Yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, professional snowball fighting. Think of the teams that you could have, you know, hardballers and frozen balls and I mean, just think of the team names. Right. Softballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole thing, you know? And just think, I mean, if you're already having problems, I mean, people cheating. Think about it. People cheating. <laughs> Maybe a little stick them. A little stick them. Now, now are the balls sticky. You know, I mean, it's just. <laughs> or, or if you get anyone from the New England area that wants to play, are they deflated? Undersized balls, that would be a problem. Undersized balls, I got you. Yeah, no. See, so that's what I'm saying, folks. I think that this could be a good sport. People can have fun. Good, comp- good hard, clean competition. And, uh, no, I, I just think we have enough of crazy sports. Why not professional snowball fighting? <sighs> Mm. All right, I got through that one. I liked the name when I came up with it. I thought it was funny. I said, we're going to have some fun with this. This is the way, listen, if people well, start the show going, you know, I just hope it's not another one of those blah, 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 blah sports shows, okay, for those first tuning in to us for the first time, JT. That, that's that's pretty much sums it up, folks. We're going to give you a hell of a stats, and then all of a sudden we could be talking about, well, professional snowball fighting. Yeah, it's almost like a, an episode of South Park or something here. We're talking about Chef Salty Balls, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and with the other thing, you know, well, all right, never mind. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to go ahead. I'm going to drop the balls right now and uh, oh, leave them off to the side. Gently. Yeah, the balls. Gently. Yes, gently drop the balls and move on to, uh, you know, baseball. And the first thing that I want to talk about with baseball, JT. Oh, is baseball. What? What's the matter? The pu- I just want to give out the Putts of the Week award to the front office of the Boston Red Sox. Oh, go uh, ahead. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding go me? Yoan Moncada, yep. and, 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 and I'm sorry, the pitcher's name is escaping me now because it's just like he's a top five prospect in the organization. The kid that got suspended for fighting a teammate last year, but the kid's got a plus-plus fastball, triple digits, He's got a plus slider, plus changeup, and you're going to give him to a guy that, by the way, did have a 3-4-3 ERA last year, Chris Sale, who's got an ungodly arm angle, and the wear and tear on that arm is obscene. 
and we all know he doesn't like throwback jerseys. Um, I just can't <laughs> believe they gave up what they did to get this guy. So putts of the week award definitely goes to the Boston Red Sox. You know, it was my, my, uh, my thing. Okay. Was just the idea that sale is just, I mean, I thought he was going to be on the DL last year. Extended. Just like, I mean, this guy is a, this guy is a year off from baseball waiting to happen. And, to give up, like you said, first of all, to give up Mancada, okay, which I know you're very high on uh, as well as I, but like you said, pitching prospect, uh, Mike Kopech, okay. That's it. Uh, yeah, he is just, I mean, you know, I, I just think it was a, a foolish move. I, Although, again, now let's say Sale stays healthy this year. They do have a hell of a rotation, and, and he, he – as much as I hate to say that, okay, it, it, it's true. You know, being a Yankee fan, it's true. Do I like the trade if I'm a Red Sox fan? Honestly, if I'm a Red Sox fan, no, I, I don't like it. If that's my team, I'm not crazy about it, me personally. Uh, but I'm dealing with my own issues right now, JT. I just saw something this past year and, and, and watch it completely unfold now uh, this past during this offseason now. And um, we finally witnessed in our Dolores Chapman, we witnessed somebody leaving the Yankees to go win a championship and then come back. Isn't it normally the other way around? People come to the Yankees to win the championship? That's yeah, the first time definitely. I've seen that. Yeah, I have to say, but you got to, I mean, well, uh, aside from the secondary putts of the week award going to uh, Brian Cashman, who's a several time recipient of this award, uh, why you're giving him five years, 80 plus million dollars for a closer is beyond me. But let's just say it's a good move for the sake of argument. You did get Glabar Torres for basically renting him out to the Cubs when you guys pretty much weren't going to win the series last year anyway. So you got to like that. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm, I, I'm me personally. I'm not. I'm not as sold on uh, on him as everybody else is. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and as far as the money that's spent, you know, once again, there goes it goes Cashman. It's not his money, and let's go just spend it stupidly and worry about the. You know, you had first of all, you already had this guy on your team, and then you let him go. Now you sign him to a ridiculous contract. And I just – there's so many times I watch this man make moves, and I just like to be in the room and ask him one question. Why? Why? You know, I mean, I see other other teams making moves that are just – if he had to, if he – if that man had to live on the budget of, what, 75% of these other teams – or or Oakland budget, let's say. I, I mean, 75% of the teams out there, JT, if he didn't have the Yankee money, and even with the Yankee money, he's not that great. This, this is absolutely no. – this, is, this has been terrible for the Yankee well, fans. Do you, remember, do you remember in the mid-2000s when, you know, in the late – excuse me, uh, late 2000s, I think it was, they had the mm-hmm. argument about 
Cashman versus Theo, you know, Sox versus Yankees, who's the uh, better young and up-and-coming GM. I think that's been answered. Yeah, well, it was, it was, it's been apparent for quite some time. And I, I've been on record, this isn't the first time, me saying I'm not crazy about Cashman, and, and I'm still not crazy about him as he keeps making silly-ass moves. And, uh, well, we'll see. We're going to find out where they go. But I'll tell you, as far as uh, – now, <clears throat> one of the interesting moves, though, is – and this is what I like. Somebody like the Cubs going out and getting Davis. What did you think of that move? Um, that was an absolute steal. I don't understand what the Royals were thinking there in any fashion. That, that to me, made no sense for them in, in any way. I mean, that do you kid see is... any benefit to that trade? Because I don't. From the Royals' side, I'm talking. The Cubs, that was an absolute steal. And uh, I guess we're having a little audio problem at the blog talk radio level here, JT. How are you? Are you back there? Yeah, yeah, apparently we are. Uh, you know, it is the Christmas season. There are Christmas parties going on, so apparently uh, blog talk must have a corporate party going on this evening. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. We uh, go ahead and check our levels, my levels at my end. And... All righty, uh, I'm good at my end. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound fine. Now, so so where were we on Wade Davis, I believe? Yeah, Wade Davis and that kind of move. I mean, you're talking about a kid that was light. I mean, he's just been lights out, and I have no idea what they were thinking. Well, and, and let me say this. Something I've always looked at, especially with closers or, you know, even set-up men, back end of the rotation guys, going from the American League to the National League should mm-hmm. be an improvement. You know, I'm I'm not a big fan of the of the guys that go from the National League to the American League for the first time. So this guy's actually going over to the National League now. You don't have the DH. I don't think you have near the lineups that you have in the American League. Um, great move by the Cubs. This guy's just absolutely dominant, dominant pitcher. I, uh, you know, I'm waiting to see. I'm waiting to see where Trout ends up, though. So you really think he's really think he's going somewhere? Yeah, he's not going to stay out there. He's not going to stay out there. That kid, you know, he loves the sport, but he also loves winning. So let me tell you something. They better start making the moves that make him happy, or he'll be gone. He'll be gone. He's going well, to want to win. They have zero in their farm system to deal away, though. I mean, their farm system is bare. Well, that's what I'm saying, and this is why he'll be gone. They have nothing they, – they, they can't build to a championship level in the next three years. Well, let's, be tough. let's be honest. Now, I don't know if you and I were, were talking way back when this happened, but anyone who would listen to me, in my opinion, the Albert Pujols contract was one of the worst contracts in sports history when they signed this guy. It completely handcuffed and strapped that organization financially. They've not been able to go out and really sign a lot of other people 
because of the amount of money they have to look to pay Trout. You've got Pujols. You've got some other big contracts on that roster, uh, Jared Weaver being one. Uh, at the time, Jared Weaver was one. And then they traded all their prospects to get Andrelton Simmons and a few other guys last year, a guy who's notoriously has no bat to begin with, who's a right. defensive player. Um, you know, a lot of very suspect moves uh, for that organization. And it's really a shame because you put a guy like Trout in a lineup like Boston, New York, Houston, Chicago, and imagine what that kid could do. Yeah, it'd be it would be uh would be interesting, I'll tell you. So um no, you're you're right. You're definitely right. And my thing now is going to be let's see what continues. We've got now all of December, all of January yet to go before we're even talking about pitchers and catchers reporting in February. So there's still plenty of things that can go on. Folks, if you're waiting for some of your teams to make a move, there's still time. It's a, it, it's just a beginning. Yeah, guys are going off the board a little here, a little there, but there's still, I mean, we're early yet. So, you know, there's plenty to talk about on the uh, Major League Baseball level, and we'll be continuing to talk about that each week, a little bit here, a little bit there. You know, right now I want to go ahead and switch gears and move on to wrestling a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about it, and I, I put it up on Facebook today, and uh, we talked about it on Wednesday, the absolutely ridiculous push that Alexa Bliss is getting. It, it is just phenomenal. When the WWE has somebody in their sights, you know, the only thing I've seen faster than this was uh, Finn Balor when he came up. Right, right. My question, though, is do you think, uh, you know, I mean, she's she's tiny. Now, she just I just saw her with a picture with a 12-year-old girl, and the 12-year-old girl was bigger than her. I mean, I'm wondering if this is going to be a smart move by WWE. Is she another potential Sasha Banks who can't go ahead and, well, I mean, I mean, you know, Banks is very easily. Are you going to yeah, face I mean, that? Well, if she's as fragile as Sasha Banks uh, appears to be, and I hate to use that word because the, the woman puts everything into what she does, so I'm not trying to oh, use yeah. that in a, derog- in a derogatory way towards her. It's not that no, she, not her heart's all. enormous. Her heart's enormous. Her just physical stature is not. And I think the same thing goes with Alexa Bliss. Um, the one thing Alexa Bliss does seem to have is that, to me, when I see Charlotte up there, it's like Raw last week where she called her dad out and then did the whole embarrass my dad in the ring thing once again. Um, it just seems so forced uh, to me. Whereas when I look at Alexa Bliss, that that energy and that bad streak, that evil streak she has, just seems so natural with her. Um, she just seems like she was born to play a heel, you know. So that's one of the things I see about her that I like. Um, I'm hoping that they can book her properly. And I know, don't hold your breath with WWE and creative and booking, but I'm hoping they book her properly where they can make her look like a dominant champion. Uh, you know, and you talk about some of the things, like you were just talking about the image of, 
forcing things and whatnot. You know, uh, some of these people, they just don't worry about their image or how they're going about stuff, and and it makes it very difficult from a business end. And and let me explain what I'm talking about and and how this ties into recent occurrence. JT, you know, we've talked about how I am in the middle of talking with uh, Alberto, what was Del Rio's Mm -hmm. people, and um, when we're going to have them next year. And it makes it very difficult to want to book the talent as he's still having pictures. I mean, you're talking about a grown-ass man, okay, that has his pictures being taken, given, flipping everybody the double bird for taking the picture and everything. And it, it, it's not, it's not a sign. I, I don't understand though. People pay attention to, like you said, Charlotte. Just it, 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 it seems forced. Okay, and that comes through. Uh, his his desire to prove that you know he's a for lack of a better word, and I don't want to hear it from Renegade, uh, but that, you know, he's some kind of Renegade. He's some kind of bad guy, this Alberto Del Rio, and here I'll flip you the double birds, and I'm just a wild man with a young girl. Whoa. Whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Maybe he just got Steve Austin envy. You know, worked for Steve Austin back in the day, so maybe he's trying to recapture that, um, what is the term that – Bisco used where you're not so much a face and you're not so much a heel, uh, more or less the Steve Austin type of character. So, you yeah. know, maybe he's, maybe he's just trying to capture that, you know, that crowd or because look at it. Let's be honest. The people that have been the most successful in the WWE, aside from the disastrous bookings, have been the CM Punks, have been the Seth Rollins, have been those kind of guys that aren't necessarily heels aren't necessarily faced. Now, I know Seth Rollins was definitely a heel when Triple H picked him to destroy the shield, but he was still getting a louder pop than most of the face characters were. So, so, you know, let's, you know, maybe he's seeing something there. And again, I don't know Alberto Del Patron, Del Rio, Del whatever from, you know, Moses. But if you do look at what's been successful in the last few years, it's definitely been that type of character. So maybe he's trying to maybe he's trying to catch you know lightning in a bottle. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Well, uh, like I said, it, it, it's just uh, it, it's concerning, you know, and especially when you want upfront money, and you right. have a history now of not showing up. Right. And your history is I'm not showing up, and yeah, let me flip off the media and. Um, it's kind of hard to do business. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard. I'm going to have well, to. Ha- I'm going to have to think of some kind of, you know, <laughs> how do you guarantee this? You know, it's difficult. Well, and the funny thing is that I believe he's got something coming up very, very shortly with Kurt Angle as well. Right. You know. So, right. Right. Um, you know, I'm curious to see how that handles, and it's interesting to see Kurt Angle out there taking independent booking still. Um, as long as he's been rumored to be coming back to WWE. So, um, you know, if you ask me, that's who we need to be looking at. Uh, You know, and that's the crazy part because uh, everything I had heard through my channels was that Angle was pretty much a done deal. I'm pretty sure now, if I have it correct, 
This is the last independent booking for Okay. Angle. Okay. The, the the this is his uh warm ups and all that and his last deal and then from what I hear, yeah, because this way he'll be able to return for the two thousand seventeen. Now, I don't if that's accurate. Now it's it's normally been accurate and I've been able to go by it, so that's what I'm figuring. So uh again, hey been- listen, if he stays available let, right. Let's just put it right. this way. Uh, maybe I should go ahead just for, you know, cover my bases here and, and yeah, shoot, shoot him. Yeah, see see what he's doing. I mean, he might he might he might be going back to Vince as a as a last resort and really not want to go. I mean, a lot of guys well, and, do and that the, just cuz they like the payday. I don't know if it's for let's say, you know, headline level stars only. But it does seem like most contracts end the night after WrestleMania. So right. you know if contract you know if contracts run from let's say April to April, you know we got a little ways before April. Kurt, you know, kick the tires, light the fires. Let's see what's going on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, well, hey, you know, I, I sent you that picture the other day, and just real quick, yes, you folks, did. If you. If anybody gets the opportunity, for those of you who have not seen Becky Lynch just as a regular without the orange hair and everything like that, wow. Yeah. You know, I thought, wow. she, was a, I thought she was a beautiful woman with the red hair. Forget that. Drop the red hair. Yeah. Yeah, drop drop that. And, uh, no, absolutely fantastic. I was I – was, like I couldn't believe it was her first, and I will make yeah, you I wonder you if the accent that. is real. Well, when you sent me that, I'm like, "Hey, she looks familiar. Who is that? Oh my God, that's Becky Lynch." You know, it's just like, mm-hmm. "Wow, okay, um, wow, yeah." On a scale of one to ten, I'm gonna have to go twelve and a half on that. Yeah, no, I was I was surprised. I didn't think she looked like that um, in regular, just as regular, and then. Uh, Conversely, they had some of the other people, and uh, wow, um, some there was one person that was very disappointing. I don't know if I should put it out there. I really don't want to because uh, I'm a fan of hers when she's <laughs> in the ring, and uh, really I couldn't believe that somebody would look that bad out of it. So, um, <laughs> make wow. a nectar of time. Huh? Ah, uh, I was. It was all, okay. It, it was the peak in the valley of the uh, of the uh, articles that I was reading because I went from like Becky Lynch going, "Wow, wow, phenomenal, wow," to this other young lady, and I just was like, "Yeah, that's wow, nice. wow, wow, what a disappointment." Other yeah. young lady on a future. We never know. We might want this other young lady on a future FXE show at some point, maybe. So let's let's just go nameless on this one. Uh, it's a and it's a late, another young lady that I could probably bump into. So yeah, you might want to I be mean, careful. I, the, the propensity that you have of getting smacked by wrestlers, or or something by wrestlers. Yeah, we might want to let oh. that name just kind of. Slip away. Yeah, yeah. You know, there that that smack heard around the world. I tell you, a lot of people <laughs> really are enjoying that more and more. Um, and that's are you that's, kidding me? That's uh, my yeah. screensaver on my phone, man. <laughs> 
have, it was funny because so, folks, if you haven't had the opportunity to smack her around the world, go check out the article. It's on uh, fantasyjusticesports.com. Renegade, when he uh, came for the sun, he decided to attack me. And part of that attack was one hell of a, a, a slap across my right. face. Knock me uh, to the side a little bit with it. Yeah, no hey, doubt. Now, now hey. i got to interrupt you here because I've been waiting a couple of days. See, you know, I know you've been busy. I've been busy. We really get a chance mm-hmm. to touch on things in the production meeting about this. i got to ask you, has there been any repercussions about um, talking about the uh, Ellsworth, Lee, I mean Everett Lee show, you know Mr. Ellsworth there, and you know you heard from uh, heard from Everett at all on that? Uh, Ellsworth has been quiet uh, because I think he's uh, still recovering. He was he was pretty sick from what I heard, and uh, yeah, no, I haven't. Yeah, he, he saw was, some uh, of the beers court. they were drinking on his draft choice uh, there with Carnage. I think Carnage looks like he's got an ironclad stomach to go with that voice, but. I don't know. It kind of looked like uh, from watching his podcast that uh, Ellsworth there was a little bit of a lightweight with some of those beers. I don't know, but like I said, I, I know he caught one hell of a, uh, you know, as the temperature changes, you get uh, pockets of areas that uh, get bad colds, and it seems like everybody in the Port Orange area has been sick as hell lately. Uh, for myself, though, uh, I have not heard from Ellsworth yet. But I am more than sure that as he recovers and uh, listens to the show, I will be hearing from him. I'd be shocked if, uh, matter of fact, if he doesn't have something to say on Wednesday's show. I'm, I have a feeling he'll be calling in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we haven't heard the – trust me, it, it, it's quiet just simply because he hasn't been well. I can promise you that. Um, and I, I, for those of you who don't know, Everett Lee is our uh, – our resident rag doll, he, he goes ahead, he does interviews, backstage interviews and whatnot. He gets interviews with wrestlers, and uh, in particular, he always seems to be in Renegade's way and getting thrown to the side. So, uh, our favorite rag doll and yours, uh, Everett Lee, probably this Wednesday, folks, I, I would bet we'll be hearing from him on the FXE Live show on Wednesday night, 9 o'clock. So, you might not want to miss that. No, before, next up, we're going to go ahead. Let's go ahead and switch gears a little bit over to the NHL, and then we'll get to the JT and the NBA. You know, folks, I've been mentioning it. It's widely known. Hockey is my sport. I absolutely love the sport. And, you know, there's so many times like uh, last year, as I was just getting this all started on the podcast, and I was giving you hockey players, you know, the season was winding down, and I was giving you guys like David Perron, and all of a sudden Perron's just like one of the top, 16 players in the league for three weeks straight and all this stuff. I, I really do know the sport as well as I know my Giants. And for those of you who've been following along, yes, still undefeated 12 and 0. We'll be talking about the Giants and NFL coming up. As well as I know my Giants, I also know my hockey and love my hockey. And even moving down here, down to the south now, I'm still in touch with my hockey roots and uh, love my sport. And I take a look at the standings right now and, you know, and the teams that are involved. And it's still early. Don't get me wrong. we still got plenty of time left in the season. But there are teams that will jump out of the page every year. You know, they they just jump off the page early, you know. And, again, we're not – we're, what, a third of the way into the season. 
a little bit, a little bit over the third leg mark. Yeah. And you take a look at the standings. And right now, again, in the Metropolitan, in their own division, they're only fourth in their division. But they also have a very, very difficult division. And actually, right now, yeah, they are fourth. And the Columbus Blue Jackets are 16, 5, and 4. And they're up there with the teams. And this is one of the things that I always tend to look towards. You know, you have a team like the Rangers who are playing lights out hockey right now. Okay, 100 goals for, uh, 70 goals against, a differential of plus 30, tops in the league. And you go through the league, and there aren't many teams that are double-digit point differences. Okay, so in that, you're going to have, you know, a total of, let's say, your double-digit teams where I'm talking about double-digit point difference, JT, you have a total in all of the NHL, six teams. Six teams that are double-digit plus difference uh, to the good. More goals for than goals against. And in that team, in those teams, in those six teams, six very elite teams, are they Columbus Blue Jackets? Obviously, that's why I brought them up. They happen mm-hmm. to be second in differential in the league at 27. They've only let up 54 goals on the season. This is best. Let me repeat that. Best in the NHL. Nobody well, I mean, that, talks that, about that's Bob right there. That's Bobrovsky. That's uh, Bobrovsky. I mean, you know, living in Columbus, seeing the Blue Jackets play live many times, you know, Bob's a hell of a goaltender. Uh, Columbus has focused on defense in the draft for the last few years, um, several years, in fact. So, you know, they play strong defense. What's that, just a touch over two goals a game? Do they give up? Yeah. So, you know, yeah, the, I, the talk up here, the talk up here, and I'll say, Columbus fans, you know, I say this before, in case you've missed it, and judging by the attendance you have, your team's on fire. Um, what are you guys waiting on? Get out there and support this team. Uh, you guys have a team that's uh, uh, looking like a playoff contender. And, uh, I mean, attendance is good some nights, and other nights everybody's sitting on their hands. I feel like we're in Nashville at a WWE event. So, uh, you know, let's get the cannons firing and let's get some noise. But all in all, I think everybody's just afraid to believe that this team's that good because they've always said if they can get any offense on this team, look out because they've got the, the net minding and they've got the defense to go with it already. Well, you know, what they've done, okay, first of all, yeah, they've got – actually, they do have two really good goaltenders, okay. Curtis McElhinney is has put up numbers – the same as Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's got a mm-hmm. save percentage of 932. Uh, McElhinney is 930. And um, the goals against average, actually, okay, uh, a tick better than Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky's 231, and, and McElhinney's 228. Where they've gone and, and they've done well, you know, I'm a firm believer that when you build your hockey team, you build it from the goal 
they've put together uh, a defense that is underrated, obviously. Most people, I'm sure if you go to the average NHL fan right now and you ask them uh, where where the best teams are defensively, are is give me the top five teams defensively, I'm willing to bet most people aren't going to say the Columbus Blue Jackets. But what they did is, you know, they went ahead, they made the move uh, before, not this year, last year, for Seth Jones, got him in there, 22 years old still, young guy, a lot of potential, got him in, and he's playing a little bit better, starting to play a lot better on the defensive end, and is actually was once upon a time a plus-minus guy that would hurt you is currently running at a plus three, which is great for him. But the other defenseman, a young guy, 19 years old, folks, I mean, this is a guy in the NHL right now that is an up-and-coming star that nobody is talking about, is Zach Wierenski. And this kid here is absolutely, he's getting a ton of ice time because he's deserving of it. He is playing 21, almost 22 minutes a game, 21.56 a game for a 19-year-old defenseman. That's some serious ice time for a star. He is, and right now he's sixth on the team in scoring. This is your 19-year-old defenseman with 17 points. But that's what I'm about to get to is they're getting help up and down the lineup. Yeah, you've got your three big three. You got Atkinson with nine goals, Foligno with ten, Gagne with eleven. Okay. And there's a guy that's resurging again, if you can say that about a twenty seven year old. Sam Gagne, a guy with a lot of talent that has bounced around a little bit, doesn't get a lot of ice time because he's fragile. But right now Gagne is just an assist machine. He's got nine, he's got nineteen points on the season. He's got eight assists. Eight assists is a lot for a goal scorer. You know, he's got 11 goals, eight assists. That's great. But that's the thing. You've got a total of six guys in double-digit assists. They're working together as a unit. They're working together as a team. When you can pass the puck around in the offensive zone, you're going to find the open man, and that's what they're doing. They're putting up great shot percentages throughout the whole team, putting up great. Gagne's like at 18%. Foligno, 18%. I mean, that's just, those are great numbers that you're talking yeah, about. So, you know, Columbus is really a, a team that people need to start paying attention to. Yes, they are young. You've got, you got the one old guy, you've got Hartnell at 34, and then after that, the roster is littered with 20-year-olds. You literally have four guys that are 30 or older. It is a young team that will be coming for years, and just keep an eye on them. Remember, you heard it here, folks. You can't have a – you have a young team, and I'll leave you with this thought. You have a very young team that is currently a plus-minus of plus 27 goal differential, and they're only going to grow. That's the – I mean, that, I, I'll leave you with that one, folks. Switching gears, 
ready to switch gears? Here we go. Oh, yeah. JT, basketball. Oh, okay. Basketball. So, uh, you know, looking at the uh, the association right now, it's been an interesting year so far. We've seen Golden State basically cruise for the most part uh, to the tune of a lot of time. Their starters aren't even playing the majority of the fourth quarter. Uh, so, you know, scary stuff coming from Golden State, as we saw with Kevin Durant going out there. Uh, but, you know, I actually want to throw a fantasy guy out there, a guy I've been itching to talk about, you know, it's a yearly tradition, and it has been for a long time that Andrew Bogut gets injured and misses significant time. All you out there that are shocked at this latest development really need to reevaluate your commitment to your uh, basketball watching. So there's a guy out there, though. He's only owned in 23% of Yahoo leagues. A guy named Dwight Powell, uh, power forward center, who's going to average close to 30, 32 minutes a night, according to uh, Coach Carlisle a guy that over his last five games is averaging 13 points, almost seven rebounds, uh, a guy that can pass the ball, he scores the ball, he rebounds, and he'll block a few shots. So you're looking at a guy that you can most likely pick up and will see significant minutes and produce. Uh, 14 points last night and only 21 minutes played. He got into some foul trouble in the first half, so only logged 21 minutes. Still put up 14 points. So you look at about, you know, on a per-minute play to 48, you're looking at a guy that put up close to 30-plus points. So definitely somebody to look at uh, in the fantasy realm. Now, have you heard anything more? Because the last I heard right now is they were talking about uh, a couple games uh, and maybe longer. Have you heard anything about that maybe longer part yet? On Bogut? On Bogut, yeah. Yeah, now it's being listed as a serious knee injury. Uh, how serious? We don't know, but serious is pretty uh, pretty safe to say that they're saying for the significant, uh, foreseeable future, uh, Powell's their, their guy going forward because of the injury. All we know is it's a knee, and he's been, quote, out for quite a while, unquote. I, I, it's, it seems like that's the story of his career honestly you know the guy the guy was amazing uh you know as the first pick in the draft came out he looked like this guy was going to be one of the next great centers and the guy i mean do you i've heard of the injury bug i like to get old ethan from bread from your bed this is like the injury dinosaur this guy has because man this guy's never healthy well, and that's the thing is every year you're talking about it, an injury-riddled season, an injury-riddled season, an injury. Last year, okay, I mean, he missed the finals, uh, missed the rest of the finals with uh, bone bruises to his knees. Really? Really? <laughs> I got bone bruises. Guy, Cam Atkinson, uh, was it Cam Atkinson? I think it was Atkinson that went, I might have this wrong. The kid that got 36 stitches in hockey and went back out and played. Yeah, yeah, Atkinson. Okay, yeah. Meanwhile, you got this guy here. I got bone bruises in my knee. Boy, it, it, as much as I can't stand uh, ESPN, I will say when Gary Thorne was on there, one of my favorite uh, uh, hockey announcers would always say, you know, yeah, he <laughs> just went in, got stitches, come back out, because he's a hockey player. Big uh, change sure. threshold difference in those two sports. That's a no. That's a pretty good pickup, though, because it just in general, because 
bogus is bogus, you know. And uh, as long as that kid's going to get the playing minutes, seems like he can produce when he's given the minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble, and uh, that that's a pretty good pickup there. Now, uh, is there anybody uh, – let me ask you something. Because of – do you see a problem, say, for your fantasy playoffs? You're coming down to fantasy playoff time. Are you going to be nervous owning Golden State players? If they're resting players in games towards the end of the season, I mean, I, I can foresee a team that is resting a player a night, and you never going to yeah. know what player it is until that night. Yeah, and uh, but, but, honestly, but you're talking to somebody. Yeah, you're talking to somebody and myself that's a, a KD owner, um, and I mean, I fought the other night. You know, he didn't even play in the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and you're going to start seeing down the stretch if they continue to, to stretch this lead out of uh, you know games and keeping that home court advantage, which I don't see why they wouldn't unless Pop pulls another rabbit out of his hat uh, down in San Antonio. Yeah, you could see Clay Thompson get a night off. Steph Curry's already fragile. We know that the guy has a his not as bad as Bogut, but does have a history of getting dinged himself. Um, you know. Kevin Durant, you know, we can see guys get a night off, so that's definitely something to consider. Oh, it's difficult, folks, and the reason why I'm saying this is because in our, in the one-keeper league that JT and I are in together, I currently have Clay Thompson and uh, Draymond Green, so I'm sitting here very concerned about what their availability is going to be like for the playoffs. I mean, it is difficult to sit there and feel confident that you're going to have – and when you're talking about, you know, Draymond Green and, and uh, Clay Thompson, you're talking about your top players on your team. You know, I mean, other than I've got Lillard, they're number two and number three behind Lillard on my team. And it's a, it, it oh. is a concern. This is that you got you've got some great young talent there, but I can tell you if you do look, if you've watched any of Portland's games this year too, as great as Lillard is, it seems like he's deferring to, to CJ McCollum on, on a lot of these games in the fourth quarter. So you know if you've got him not getting the amount of touches, let's just say, or the amount of shot attempts that you're used to, then you've got Draymond Green or and or Clay Thompson missing games. That can definitely be a recipe for uh, some sleepless nights as far as the fantasy playoffs go. One guy I'm sure you're happy that's starting to see more games at, at, at over the 30-minute threshold on your team, Brandon Ingram. How are you feeling about his progress so far? You know, it's funny. I looked at him early in the season, and let's let's be honest, Jeannie Buss, we love you. Thank you for going out and getting us a real head coach in Luke Walton. The guy's been an absolute godsend to our organization. So the guy said it flat out. We're not winning the NBA Finals this year. We're not going to rush Brandon Ingram out there. We're going to let him develop. They've got him with the strength and conditioning coach. He looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle. But, well, let's be honest, if he ate a sandwich, he would have put on a little bit of weight when we drafted the kid. But he's smooth out there. Uh, nice, Nice crossover the other night. He's got a nice shot. Nice fadeaway 
shoots his free throws. He's starting to play defense. Um, he's starting to he's starting to really impress me. I'm starting to see why we took him. Yeah, I like I said, uh, I, I like obviously what his potential is. I mean, he's a guy that I've got on my team. That's for what he can contribute this year. But I'll be keep, keeping him for next year. You know. Yeah. And, I yeah, and unless you, uh, you know, I mean, I, I look, I've got to try and catch up to some of the guys on your team because you've got, you've got a really good team. The one guy that you got from me uh, last year, and it's just going to haunt me forever, is Carl Anthony Towns. I think, I, I think that <laughs> Yeah, you know, when when you were able to grab him, I was like, son of a gun, you got me, you got me good. Well, you know, you've gotten me. You've gotten me plenty of times, so I'm sure it's uh, pretty even now. Let me ask you something. You brought this up before we hit another gear at some point. So, have you ever thought about taking a Clay Thompson who came off a 60-point night the other night and getting the farm for him? Getting a what? Getting the farm for him? for the farm. Yep. Yeah. You know, you say you've got Green, you've got Thompson. You take the guy coming off the 60-point outing that has people salivating at this point, and you absolutely clean house. You not clean your house, but basically take two of his top players for Clay Thompson and a decent player. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I got what you're saying, and uh, the thought has crossed my mind. And uh, you know me, I, I'm patient when it comes to uh, waiting on the trade. So yes, I'll you are. You see how things shake out, and. Uh, Right now, right now, I'm treading, I'm treading water. Uh, considering it's basketball, actually, I, I, I'm doing better than I expected. So, um, oh, you're doing, you're doing quite well this year. And, I, and one last shot, I have to get out there across the bow just because I can't stand him. A nice to see another week of Dwight Howard ruining his hometown franchise in Atlanta. Um, Hawks fans, <laughs> if it isn't Dennis Schroeder at this point, you really don't have much to look forward to. So, and uh, enjoy the hometown boy. <laughs> it's true though it really is it's terrible it's true absolutely true but yeah no um folks we're gonna go ahead as we switch into the last gear football you know jt <laughs> it just keeps getting better each and every week the nfl season continues to chug on and you know, I, I when you start the week with uh, the KC Oakland matchup, that was that oh, was man. some game to watch. That, that was some, some game. game to watch. But do you know how many Derek Carr, Amari Cooper, and Michael Crabtree owners that I know out there that are playing in the playoffs this week that are cursing, cursing their names because they absolutely crapped the bed Thursday night. You know how many, uh, or one in particular, Latavius Murray owner that's happy <laughs> these days? Yeah, I do know one Latavius Murray owner that's happy. Now, since we're talking about this, you got to give me a second. I need to speak okay. to one of the uh, listeners out there uh, in uh, Jesterville, and I know she's listening. Quinn Nolan, the next time you ask me, do I play Ty- Tyreek Hill? And I tell you, yes. You play Tyreek Hill, and then you sit him for Brandon LaFell. Just remember, Oof. Oof. it's on you. 
So, she, uh, uh, you know, Quinn, come on. You you know, we're on this show for a reason. So, I, I'm just saying, you, you got, if you're going to ask me for the advice, take it. I'm telling you. So, I had to get that yeah. off my chest. I couldn't believe it when I texted her during that game. This is a friend of mine. Texted her during okay. that game with the big Ty right. Hill. And she says the next day, yeah, I didn't play him. Wow. Yeah, no, folks. I mean, and, and if she and she listens to this show, she knows how we are on our predictions, and yes. still didn't listen to you. Wow. Well, no. you get what you deserve on that one, man. You don't listen. You you, know, you ask us for help. Fan. She's an LSU fan and a Forty Nine er fan, so she's having a rough year in football, just period. So you know, maybe it just kind of spilled over into her fantasy game. The Forty Niners, yeah, that's that. That isn't that that they're in the Pac Ten, aren't they? Yeah, they're that semi-professional team out there in uh, California somewhere. So yeah. And there goes another listener off the board. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, you know uh, that. Let me ask you something: Was that great Kansas City defense or car? having issues with that finger? Um, I honestly want to say it's both of those with a touch of something else. When's the last time? Oh, I just got a text from a certain individual. I'm afraid to look. But anyway, when's the last time the Oakland Raiders have been on a primetime game that meant this much this late in the season? That's a young team. There's not a lot of guys on that team that have won big games. And I think mm-hmm. there were some hitters involved for that whole team. So I, I think it was both of the two things you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something to do with uh, not having been there before. You hit the nail on the head from the perspective that I saw the game. Uh, I watched Jack Del Rio and I watched Carr and their mannerisms just seemed different. And I was watching the game, and uh, uh, yeah, and I was watching that game and going, they just look completely different. And you know, I was I was talking to my friends that were over watching the game with me, and we're sitting there watching it. And I'm like, this isn't going to be good, folks. This isn't going to be good. And, and like I said, there's the Murray owner. I was happy with it, and as somebody who had picked Kansas City, I was happy with it. But right. Um, you know, you and I both picked Kansas City on that one. Uh, Kid Kelly picked Oakland. Uh, Ooh. Yeah, she Okay. Went. And, uh, yeah, no, she went Oakland. And now, uh, I will say this. I will say this. And I call this the Marcus Allen game. You know, this is the old Marcus Allen rivalry, the Raiders, the Chiefs. You know, he played for both teams at an all-pro level. You know, the usually even when Oakland stunk up the joint, they always played the Chiefs tough. But when you go in, the game meant this much in prime time, cold weather at Kansas City, that's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and we mentioned that, you know, it's a young team and all, and they looked it. And here was the craziest part. I'm sitting there, and uh, you know, uh, and some of you fans out there may or may not know, I'm a huge fan of uh, good morning football on the NFL Network. Uh, it's uh, it's a great show. Uh, Kay is on there. Nate Burleson's on there. Uh, great show. I love watching it. And it was crazy because they're sitting there talking about it. 
and I think it was Peter Schrager. It was one of the one of the side people, one of the two. We, uh, I think it was Schrager who said that he was watching the game and they both looked nervous. And I said, I said the same thing. They just didn't look the same. They didn't look the same. And exactly leading to what you had said, JT, is that it's just a team that they're a young team. They're going in new places that they've never been before. They had a great season. Uh, don't be surprised if they continue to stumble a little here along the way, maybe even go, you know, 500 over the last four games. That wouldn't be a shock uh, to see them have that little stumbling as they get closer to the playoffs. And and Mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, they're still going to make the playoffs on a wild card and they'll get a taste of the playoffs and that'll be their playoff experience for the team and they'll learn from it. Uh, and that's pretty right. much what I expect from the Oakland Raiders this year, uh, and that's it, fair. It is fair, and and this team, this is a team. By this time next year, will have had some big games under their belt. Uh, Carr is still an amazing quarterback, it, but is, and again, I'm not trying to pump up this guy. I'm asking a legit question: Is it time that okay. Tyree Kill gets the Devin Hester treatment, especially after you have to re-kick? You know, the old thing they used to say with Devin Hester, you don't kick to him, period. But on a re-kick after a penalty, you definitely kick the ball out of bounds because your punt team, your gun team is winded already. Well, there's a couple of things. You could either take the time out, you punt away from him. But what I noticed is is that that punter for Oakland just couldn't directional kick. He just can't. No, he can't. How many times are you going to kick right down the center of the field and and watch yardage get gained on you? Um, no, he just he, – he can't. And that will tell you the importance. You know, uh, one of the best back in the day uh, – Landetta. Directional. Sorry, I had to say it. Yeah, you had uh, two giants, actually. Landetta was good. Before that was Dave Jennings. And, oh, yeah. Um, Fantastic drop it right there, five ten yard line, right coffin corner kick. And, and now I bet you, if you talk to half the people out there, they don't even know what coffin corner means anymore. No, no. Fundamental. So, yeah, and it's just the basics, and that is why somebody like Hoodie is so successful because he wants you to do the fundamentals, do your job, do your job and do your job well. Don't worry about other people's jobs. Just worry about doing the fundamentals of your position and let the rest fall out the way it has to. Worry about you. Worry about your position. Worry about your fundamentals. And the teams Mm -hmm. that are fundamentally sound are the well-coached teams and the teams that go further. There's, There's a reason... Listen, folks, I mean, let's take a look at something as much as you Listen, you either love the Patriots or you hate them, okay? And if you're a Patriot hater, you have to understand one thing. No matter what, they have turned over this roster a couple of times since Belichick's been there. And they have stayed a successful organization for one thing and one thing only. You don't see that team making a lot of fundamental errors. You don't see a lot of non-thinking errors, a lot of 
When was the last time you saw the New England Patriots as a highly penalized team? No, you don't. You don't see them get a lot of penalties. I will say this, though. You know, I agree with what you're saying there, but you don't see a lot of Teddy Brewskis. You don't see a lot of Willie McGinnis. Uh, You don't see a lot of those guys on that roster, aside from Tom Brady at this point. Who are those leaders on defense, and who are those leaders on special teams? And I think that's where the Patriots can be had this year by a team like Kansas City. So, um, but you're right. They don't do penalties. They don't do stupid stuff. Aside from the cheating or not cheating or whatever the NFL wants to call it, they just win. They they do the Al Davis. They just win, baby. Going to put you on the spot, JT. What the heck? Why not? Before we get into these picks, who's your team coming out of the AFC this year? Well, I'll tell you, from what I've seen, and we've talked about Kansas City a lot over the last few weeks, this is a team that I just see getting better and better and better. I mean, the guy that everybody thought was their number one receiver in Jeremy Macklin hasn't played in a month. They don't miss him. Spencer Ware is fantastic at all assets of the game. He blocks, he runs, he catches the ball well. Uh, Kelsey, in my opinion, is a better tight end at this point than Gronkowski. Why? Because he plays. He's got all the same physical tools, but he actually plays. Then you throw yeah, a tight field. <laughs> and then you throw a Tyreek Hill and some other stuff into that offense. Justin Houston just getting back. Eric Berry starting to really look like the guy that everybody thought he was going to be. Chiefs are the team that I see coming out at this point. If they get home field, it's over. Hmm. Hmm. Do you feel that you don't feel that a team like uh, Pittsburgh could get hot? Pittsburgh's biggest Achilles heel, in my opinion, is what they're known for, defense. And if you look at that defense, there isn't a player on that defense that stands out. And when's the last time you've been able to say that about a Pittsburgh Steelers team? They're lacking that consistent, terrorizing pass rush. Well, yeah, it used to be the old saying, you let you take your biggest guy, you let your biggest guy walk off the bus first. You let him lead you off the bus. For that, it was always the Steelers' defense let him off the bus. And now you're looking at guys like Shazier, eh, he's decent. Rookie already burns at corner, eh, you know. I just don't yeah. see that LeVon Kirkland, that Greg Lloyd, Rod Woodson, Troy Polamalu, where are these guys that lead that Steeler defense out there to punch you in the mouth? I just don't see it. No, I agree with you. I, I definitely agree with you. And uh, I, I look at some of the other teams that uh, are at the top and, there's just so many flaws in them right now that, I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if it isn't KC New England in the in the finals. Now, KC getting past New England, I, I think that's a bit of a stretch. But we'll if find KC's out. at home, is that as big of a stretch? Hmm. Is it as big of a stretch? Obviously, no. Uh, do I still see KC able to beat New England in KC? Probably not. Probably not in here. I'm going to tell you why, okay? Right now, the one thing that is not being talked about is the New England scoring defense. So you have you have the better 
scoring defense right now in New England. Then you go to running back with Garrett Blount or Ware, pretty much push there. Better quarterback, Brady or Alex Smith. They go Brady. You know, I mean, you, you start going down. Yeah, uh, to me, if you got defense, running back, quarterback, okay, those, those are the three I look at besides home field and coach. So you got defense, New England. You got quarterback, New England. Running back is a push. Home field, KC. Better coach, Hoodie or Andy Reid? I mean, so. I'm, I'm not going to take that away from Andy Reid. I'm not going to sit there and blindly say uh, Bill Belichick on that. And I want to I rewind a little bit on something you said there. You're going blunt and wear as a push. Now, I'm going to borrow something from a coach that – said this about quarterbacks, but I'm going to transfer it over to running backs. So Jimmy Johnson said, if you got four running backs, you have no running backs. They don't have a lead dog. One week it's Blunt, one week it's White, one week it's Bolden, one week it's Deion Lewis. They don't have a lead dog. Kansas City has a lead dog. So when I go to that running back position, I think far and away, Spencer wears the more talented player. Uh. Far and away the more talented? I'd say he's a better receiving back. Uh, far and away better pull than up, Lee Aaron Poe. Just because, because of what you said. See, what kind of numbers would Lee have at this point if Belichick wasn't Belichick? If Belichick oh, was Andy Reid and just oh, kept yeah. wear there, okay, like uh-huh. he does wear, and, and he just played with that running back, he you'd have comparable numbers. Garrett Blount's a solid running back. He's not as good let me give out you of this. the backfield let me, in catching let me give ball, you this. but Let's take the hoodie, okay? Corey Dillon. When Corey Dillon mm-hmm. came to New England, Corey Dillon's the only one that got the football. Why? Because Corey Dillon was good enough to be the only guy who got the football. Antoine Smith, the only guy that got the football. Why? Because he was good enough to be the only guy that got oh, the yeah. football. LeGarrette Blunt has not established himself as a good enough, consistent, every game, every, every down, down running player. back to get those kind of carries. And that's why Spencer wears the better player, because he has. Oh, yeah, no, he's a more complete back. I just think that if given the opportunity to play the same amount of snaps, probably close. I don't hmm. know. Well, you really think well, you really – okay, so what you're saying then is – You've got KC beating New England in KC. Yes, I do, and here's why. KC has a top three defensive player in the NFL, if not a top two defensive player, that missed the first ten weeks of the season in Justin Houston. He can change a game all by himself. You cut him uh, loose right. on one end. You cut him mm-hmm. loose on one side with Tom Bahali on the other. Derek Johnson in the middle, and now you've got Eric Berry playing like a Pro Bowl top safety in the middle of the field. Marcus Peters on the outside. Tom Brady's going to have some trouble because he doesn't have Gronk, and Martellus Bennett's disappeared over the last four games. Uh, it's the first time I've actually can sit there and. Well, uh, you know what though? Uh, in all fairness to any player on the team, okay, uh, one of one of Tom Brady's favorite weapons just came back. And if you notice, Edelman lit it up first game back. So, 
Oh, yeah. Um, Edelman and Malcolm Mitchell, a guy we talked about a month ago, are definitely playing well on the outside with Amendola out. All right, real quick before we get to the predictions. uh, Okay, so you got KC beating New England in KC. The game's in New England. Do you still feel KC can beat New England in New England now? I feel they can, but if I had to put money down at like, you know, you know, eight 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 or something, I'd be going New England at home. Okay. New England's proven to be pretty unbeatable in the playoffs at home. So that one you're giving whoever you know, are you sitting there let me ask you, so are you saying because uh, that's what that was what I said the AFC championship game would be. Are are you with me on that as far as the uh, New England, Kansas City? Are those your two teams? The one other team that can sneak up into there, and I know we talked a little bad about them earlier, I still think Oakland could be a team to have something to say if they learn how to win some of these big games and they do it quick. they got a hell of a coach in Del Rio. But uh, at this point, it's starting to look more and more like the, the Pats and the Chiefs are the cream of the crop. Okay. All righty. All right. So, Pats and Chiefs, we both got that. And uh, I guess we're both saying that, well, no, I'm saying New England anywhere. You're saying it's home dependent. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. Let's get to the other predictions. Let's get to this week's predictions. Yes. I can't wait to get to some of these. There's some really, really good games, some tough games to call, and uh, some games with absolutely no interest whatsoever. So it'll be interesting to go through these games. Um, talk about and the first one here, Washington travels to Philadelphia to play the beloved Philadelphia Eagles, folks. Can't stand me. But anyway, Washington, Philly, I'll, uh, I'll, kick, I'll kick off. I'll kick off. Uh, Washington, yeah, no, to me, it, it, this one here is, uh, you know, Philly is showing that they've got holes. They've got holes. They've got a young quarterback. And, um, the team that started out hot has played like a team that you would expect. You know, I mean, after that hot start, I expected uh, the team to show their colors and be a 500 team at best. And with that, I have seen Washington just still continue to find different ways to go about their season. And uh, I still believe that they will pass the Giants eventually in the NFC East. Uh or at least tie them, and uh, which we'll have problems with because we will, will have lost to them. But we'll get further into that later on. Washington, uh, I believe, has the offense that can deal with that silly defense. Uh, versatile uh, offense, they can run. They've got you know guys on the outside. They've got tight end. They've got two tight. You know, well, actually, they only have one this week. Um, Reed's still out, isn't he? Uh, last I heard, he was saying that he's going to go. Haven't heard from the medical staff on that one yet. Yeah, last I heard, he's not. Um, so that'll be interesting. But, again, it's just, uh, you know, you're starting to see the rookie uh, for Philly to, you know, struggle a little bit and defenses have learned and watched his tendencies. And, uh, and like I said, it's just that kind of year. Philly should be happy no matter what uh, with, with how the season is going. And how it's gone, it, it certainly is better than anybody expected when they first mentioned the Philadelphia season and the opportunity to have either Sam Bradford at the start of all this, being their quarterback, 
And then when they made the move to, you know, trade him and go to Wentz, you know, people were surprised that, you know, Philly was doing well. And uh, But now it's time where the cream rises as the season goes on in the NFL, and uh, Washington's part of that cream. I, I take them traveling on the road, and actually I have them putting a hurting on uh, Philly this week. So it'll be interesting. I've got Washington big. Well, you know, you look at the Redskins as a team, and it seems like each week the defense is getting better and better and better. And I really think that's a testament to two players in particular. Uh, with middle linebacker Will Compton's been a real calming influence, it looks like, on the defense. He seems to be there, kind of a poor man's Luke Keekley. He's in on every tackle, it seems like. Most of the time, he's not caught out of position. But the other guy's a rookie, 21-year-old safety named Sua Cravens. That's really given them kind of an Earl, Earl Thomas type of player. This guy's everywhere. He's in the backfield. He's out making plays on uh, in the secondary. He hits, just hits with absolute thunder. A lot of energy. I've really enjoyed watching this kid play so far. Uh, you know, he's six foot one, so he's got some size to him. Um, and I really think that since he's been in the lineup more, that defense is getting better each week. Uh, the offense, Kirk Cousins is on fire. Philadelphia's defense has gotten no pass rush as of the last couple weeks, and I think that spells disaster. Now, let me ask you, Kelly, Fat Rob Kelly, is he somebody that you play in this game? Is he a start for fantasy ball this week, or or do you uh, do you stay away from Kelly? Kelly, well, first of all, yeah, Kelly is going to have a, a nice game. He had a decent game against a, a, a tough defense. Uh, and this week here, again, faces a, a pretty stout defense in in particular their front seven in uh, in uh, the Eagles. But one of the things that I've been hearing and on multiple fronts is that Washington plans to really go run heavy with him uh, this week. You know, last week against the Cardinals, he still didn't do bad as far as fantasy-wise. Now you're going against the team, against the Eagles, who really it's, it's not the Cardinals, folks, to me. And, and when I look at things, I don't go just by numbers. Some of it is also eye test. And you've got a guy like Kelly. To me, he, he's a solid running back. You've got a coach now talking, uh, and both coaches, from what I've heard, both coaches talking about how they want to run the ball more this week especially in Philly, on the road, get a little ball control going. And also, you know, it is expected to be chilly weather, so expect a good running game out of them this week. Yeah, no, uh, I would safely say King's Ransom there on, it is. on Kelly this week. And, and I'm definitely with you. I say Redskins uh, win this game, and a lot of it has to do with that big boy that you've mentioned a few times, Brandon Scherf. I think he's going to absolute maul the interior of that Philadelphia line, which is generally a lighter, more athletic line. And I think the big hogs, if you will, for the Redskins are just going to have their way. So I agree. Kings ransom on Kelly, and I say Washington wins. Yeah, and Scherf, that that move that Washington made to get him ahead of my Giants will haunt me for a while. But what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? 
Houston travels to Indy. Now, Indy has been up and down, JT. You know, that uh, one week they're losing 28-7. to Next week they're winning 41-10. to It looks like they're trying to kickstart the team and get it going. Houston continues to, I mean, make Hopkins look poor. I mean, yeah, he mm-hmm. finally got a touchdown and – I, I think he forgot how to touchdown celebrate. It, it was it was sad to watch. But he was uh, shocked. I don't think yeah. he knew where he was on the field when he crossed that goal line. He's like, "Well, man, what, where am I? What is this place?" Yeah. So you've got an inconsistent Indy and an inconsistent Houston offense. What do you? Who are you taking in this game? Well, first off, there's a big caveat to Houston. I'm hearing Brian Cushing is playing this week. Brian Cushing makes that defense a whole hell of a lot better in the interior on the middle of the field. That front seven's a lot better with Cushing than without. With these two teams being so closely uh, matched talent-wise, I think that could be a deciding factor. But, again, until I hear the coaching staff say he's going to play and not just himself, I look at Andrew Luck coming back last week – with a vengeance, Hilton, Moncrief, Dwayne Allen, you know, these guys really lit it up. And I think he's got enough on offense to win this game without Cushing in there. So I am going to pick Indy. Hmm. I, I really, I, I don't, Indy's too up and down for me. And I believe that Houston, if they want to really go ball control in this game, you know, you're indoors, you're on AstroTurf. Mm, let's see. Here we go. Ah, the Indy, they put up 41 last week, though, against the Jets. and That doesn't say much. Lost to Pittsburgh, I think. But, all right, putting it all together, I just put it through. The, see, right, folks, right there live, you heard the Jester computer at work. And I am spitting out that Houston will run all over Indy in this one. Cincinnati, Cleveland. Here's an interesting one, JT. Here's one that Cleveland could actually win. No. No, no, you don't, no. You can't even say that with a straight face. You know why? Do you know why Cleveland has no chance of winning this game? Because Robert Griffin III is starting a quarterback for Cleveland, which means they have absolutely zero chance of winning this game. Does he make it through a full game? I don't think And do we know. have an over-under quarter? I think Vontez Burfick's going to absolutely squish his ass at some point during the game. I'll be surprised if he's in there halfway through the third quarter. Halfway through the third, he's calling. Halfway through third. I think he makes it the full game. I think I, – I, I, here, here's, here's the craziest part. Okay, and, and this is the way – this is Cleveland. This is, this is a perfect Cleveland scenario. RG3 comes back, plays these last couple of games, okay? And goes two and two. They actually win two games now. This could be one of them. Don't get me okay, wrong. Okay. I'm still taking Cincinnati. But oh, okay. 
Yeah, no, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I still take it Cincinnati just simply because I, 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 I don't see it happening his first week back. I see them losing a close one this week that gives them hope. And then, like, next week, I don't care who they're playing next week. I, I really don't. Um, it really doesn't matter. I can see them going ahead, and it doesn't have that juices flowing. Oh, yeah. And have him go two and two and have clear. Oh, they're playing Buffalo next week. It's going to be funny. Um, uh, no, I, I can see that happening where, you know, all of a sudden RG3 looks good and there's actually talk of, wow, what would next season look like? Look at what he did in these last four games and all that. And Cleveland be dumb enough to go ahead with him as their starter next year. You can't see Cleveland do it. You can't see that scenario. No, there's no way because, let's be honest, Hugh Jackson's not a moron, okay? Hugh Jackson knew they didn't have a quarterback for this year. Why not bring in, maybe you catch lighting in a bottle. We'll kick the tires on RG3 and see what he's in there. Maybe they brought him in just solely for the purpose because they knew he'd get hurt. You know, we get him the first pick in the draft next year. I don't know. This is going to be good. Ah, Hugh Jackson might be a watch, folks. sneaky Hugh Jackson. I, I'm really worried. I'm really worried about taking – I'm going to tell you right now, I'm worried about taking Cincinnati. I am I'm worried about taking Hill's Cincinnati. Jeremy Hill's going to have a huge day. He's my king's ransom for this game. I think Jeremy Hill goes well into the hundreds and at least one touchdown, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a second. Uh, Hill, all purpose, Re- catching and running uh, and, re- and running the ball, one seventy five. Wow. Okay, that's I'm asking you. A, no, 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 no. I was gonna say that's a, that's an aggressive number. I was thinking more along the lines of one forty, one forty five. Definitely one okay. score with a possibility of a second. Are you thinking a hundred on the ground? And what, 100 on the ground, 40 in the air? What are you looking at? I'm looking at maybe like a 110-30 split, 110-35, somewhere in that ballpark. Okay. That's what I was trying to find out, what, what, what you were putting the number at. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on Hill, definitely. Um, all right, we spent about as much time as we should on Cincinnati and Cleveland. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to an interesting one because – is really getting tough to predict Denver. And Denver goes to Tennessee, who has been a tough up-and-down team uh, during the year. So, you know, Tennessee's got that good physical run game. Denver, good physical defense. Going to meet up outside of Denver, though. What kind of – what can we expect from them? You know, Again, I'm looking at a Tennessee team that is more talented than their record shows right now, in my eyes. And conversely, I see a Denver team that isn't as talented as their record shows. They are defense, 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 and that defense still isn't, to me, what people think it is, in my opinion. This is the kind of game that Denver can get caught up in, believing that they can travel to Tennessee, beat up on Tennessee. And Tennessee isn't the type of team that you can just go in and beat up on. They will go ahead and run the ball down your throat, folks. They will they will run it at Miller. They won't have to worry about Miller's pass rush. They're going to have to worry about Miller on the run. And catching DeMarco Murray, I see a lot of Derrick Henry 
starting to get the ball more. As we go down the stretch here, watch Derrick mm-hmm. Henry get the ball more. You know, he's okay. one of my guys that – he's one of my stash guys, okay? I have several stash guys that, you know, might see time now as you go ahead and come into these playoffs, folks, especially you fantasy players as you come – as you're in these playoffs now, guys that you should stash because teams might be sitting somebody, you know, uh, or or wanting to see what they have for next year. And he's one of those guys that, you know, t- Tennessee has said that they will use him more. So stash him just in case they go, you know, all out on him. He, you got to hold him just in case. And to me, this is a game that Tennessee can go ahead and steal from Denver. Denver can uh, – I can see this definitely happening, folks. You know, I love I love that Denver defense. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. I just don't think that they are all of that. And this is a perfect game. You travel to Tennessee. You're on the road against a team that you feel like you probably could beat. But meanwhile, you got your eye on that schedule. Don't forget, the Broncos play the Patriots next week. Could be looking ahead. Is this a trap game? Sure as hell is. I'm taking Tennessee, folks, to beat Denver. JT? I see this game coming down to two keys for Tennessee. First one is, who wins the matchup of Brandon Marshall versus Delaney Walker? Whoever can consistently win that matchup, I think is going to give their team the upper hand in this game. The other key Mm -hmm. is, can Vaughn Miller still do his normal pass rush, but keep Mariota contained and not let him get outside to use his legs? That's going to be a trick because as hard as, as Miller rushes up the field, if he loses containment on a guy like Mariota, he's in trouble. And then if Walker's beaten Marshall on top of that, it could spell disaster for Denver. I really don't think this is going to be as much of a game as some people think. I think Tennessee wins both of those matchups and wins the game. Nice. Wow. I, I, I wasn't sure how you go on that one. That's good. I'm glad. Thanks. All right. Yeah, no, I really do believe that. And like I said, this is, to me is a great trap game. Coming up with Denver playing New England next week, and oh heck yeah, heck yeah, I like that. Good, I'm glad you picked them. I feel better now about taking Tennessee. <laughs> I want to see who you'd pick on this one. And speaking of wanting to see who you are going to pick, Arizona travels to your beloved Miami Dolphins this week. JT, go ahead, give me the breakdown on this one, buddy. Well, well, though I may not be as uh, undefeated at 12-0 and 0 as you are picking your team in the Giants, I will say I did tell you Miami always has huge troubles with this franchise in Baltimore that they did last week and that this wouldn't even be a close game. We got yep. absolutely whacked. Um, you got a guy like Mike Pouncey, who's one of the highest paid centers in football, who yet again misses games. I'm starting to wonder if we have Andrew Bogot at center in the NFL because this guy always misses time. We're not the same team when he's not on the field. Uh, Tunsil, the rookie, put a shoulder harness on, gave it a go, just wasn't enough. Now I flash forward to an Arizona team with the best running back in football. Dallas fans, I don't want to hear about Ezekiel Elliott. Let's talk about David Johnson. The best running back in football. 
a defense that's starting to get healthy and Miami, again, beat up on the offensive line. Unfortunately, I don't think Tannehill's going to have the time. I don't think the J-Train's going to have enough holes or enough running lane-wise to do much. So uh, I see Arizona winning this game. You know, I uh, I watch your team, and I watch your fans, and it, it was incredible, incredible to go on some of the fan pages for Miami this past week. You just got done winning six in a row, and you would have thought you haven't won a game all year. Yeah, I have. I, I have. Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Oh my lord! Uh, and some of it is absolutely ridiculous. When you can sit there and go, you know, uh, we're all the Tannehill supporters now that they're off the six-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. What are you talking? About? You're literally criticizing the team. Your team, you're literally criticizing your team after they just won six straight. I yeah. just, uh, I, uh, that is worse than the New Yorker fan. That really, I mean, well, that know, makes New York fans look civil. Look great. You know, I want to say something since you, you brought that up. You, you kind of put it on the tee for me, and I have to say it. I'm actually going to blame this loss last week on a friend of ours named Ryan Walton for not being, you know, when he was in the state here, we were on a six-game win streak, and then he decides to go off gallivanting around the country, and look what happens. So I'm going to blame old Ryan Walton on this one. Folks, Ryan Walton, a great supporter of the show, uh, Deep Obsession Charters uh, over in West Palm Beach, one of the great sponsors of of this show and all the other shows that we do here at FantasyJusticeSports.com. And, you know, he is a large Miami supporter, a season ticket holder. Uh, I've been down there with him, uh, been his guest with him several times to the Dolphins and met several of the Dolphins close with him. And, yes, uh, I find it I find it 100% to be his fault. You <laughs> never change what you're doing while your team exactly. is on a winning streak. Come on, Ryan, you don't mess with a streak, man. What were you thinking? You don't mess with the streak, and now, and now here he is. Okay, he, he okay. He went up north, folks. Okay, he's you gotta understand. This is a guy. He, he's a, a, a diver. He does shark dives, wreck dives, reef dives, teaches diving. Uh, and again, if you're in the Florida area, uh, and in particular West Palm, you want to go have a great time. Deep obsession charters, folks. I'm telling you. You'll have a great time. And, and literally, he dives everywhere around the world, and he was diving up north. And now, as a matter of fact, here's another reason why they might not win this week. He's in Bermuda shark diving. Oh, oh. So, so there goes another loss. Come on, Ryan. Step it up, man. Where's the support? <laughs> so, you know, I understand he's out there. And listen, folks, uh, when I talk about shark diving, uh, you have to understand, I'm talking about shark diving without a cage. We've had Ryan on the show and talking about this. You know, you, you have all he's different crazy. kinds of dives that you can do. Yeah, you have the reef dives and you have the wreck dives. And some of the wrecks aren't just ships. It's uh, planes and 
just right. fantastic. Uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, great, great dives that he does. But the one set of dives that he does is shark diving, no cage. And um, much like our wrestling show is no cage. And, uh, no cage. <laughs> so, yeah, no cage. And um, so, you know, here he is out of the area again. Doesn't bode well for Miami. Simply on the Ryan Walton factor. Not going on anything else. I'm taking Arizona. There you go, folks. He's messing with his own team. I don't understand what kind of fan does that. Exactly. I mean, what kind of fan does that? So let's move on. I can't talk about it anymore. In, in an easy, yeah, in an easy game, probably for most people to pick. I know it is for me, and uh, I, I'll go to you real quick on this one. Chicago, Detroit. I, I have, I have people. Listen, I have people on the Chicago team taking Detroit this week. It's just incredible how bad things are in right. Chicago right now. Well, uh, you know, JT, are you following out. suit? Do you see any hope for Chicago? Well, you know, I have to throw this out there. Last week, somebody wanted to argue with me about me taking Detroit over New Orleans at New Orleans, and I believe I was closer by quite a bit on that over-under than somebody else was on that one. Uh, and yeah. then, and I have Jester fans. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rat on the, on the Jester here, and he knows what's coming. I get a text Sunday morning saying, hey, I'm changing my pick from Chicago to San Francisco. And I text him back, mm-hmm. and I said, well, what about all this stuff about never picking Colin Kaepernick? And he said, oh, I need the win. Well, wow, not only did he sacrifice his principles, but he still got the loss on top of it. So the double whammy to the Jester last week. So you got to give him a little crap on Facebook and Twitter about that. He picked Colin Kaepernick last week, who had more sacks against than yards passed for. Just want to point that out. As for your question on the Bears, yeah, let's be honest. Detroit's not San Francisco. And the way Matt Stafford's controlling the game, he's become a controlled passer. Uh, The offense looks good. Golden Tate's getting involved. The defense is playing strong. I think this is a uh, recipe for Lions success. And another win for Detroit. And, you know, I've got Detroit, you have Detroit, and and you brought up the Colin Kaepernick thing, and let me go ahead and address this real quick. Yes, (laughs) last week uh, on air, I've gone on air before folks are saying that I would not never pick a Colin Kaepernick team, and so I went ahead and had taken Chicago and all this stuff Sunday morning, and I'm going to pass the blame. Now, I'm not taking oh, it all myself. Imagine that. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I'll have no problem. I'll go ahead and tweet him later and let him know that I blamed him. And uh, I talk to him on Sunday morning sometimes uh, as they're doing the show uh, for NFL Network. Mike Robinson is on uh, good uh, the uh, early edition for game day. And uh, he's on with Coach Billick. And uh, I'll tell you, it's a it's a great show. Uh, what's his name is on there from the Giants and all uh, the linemen. Oh my Lord, Sean O'Hara. Sean O'Hara. Okay, Melissa Starks on there. The four of them, I I watch them every week religiously. They're on at seven, from seven o'clock until nine o'clock, and I'm going to break blame uh, Mike Robinson, and he's out on Twitter, folks. Uh, you can go check him out at Real Mike Rob. 
and tweet him and let him know that he caused the jester a win last week. He was the one that made me uh, want to change my mind and go with San Francisco. So I will put that one strictly on him. And uh, matter of fact, I will let him know tomorrow too. I'm unhappy with him when I talk to him. Yeah. So, yeah. Double whammy. But yes, I did. I bailed on what I said that I would never take a Kaepernick team. Uh, I needed the win. I really did. I am. Uh, I'm behind on the pick'em sheet, folks. And uh, I was desperate. And I'll tell you how desperate I was that I was taking Kaepernick and Sir Kelly. Oh my well, Lord! Well, let me ask you this. Sick. Let me ask you this in reference to the Detroit uh, Lions. So you got it now that you were not a believer in that team last week at New Orleans. Did they show you enough or show you something to make you believe in a game where let's just say they're not playing Chicago. Let's say they're playing Green Bay or somebody that's a, a little stronger opponent. Are you starting to believe in the Lions or, or are you still a little skeptical? I, I like the I like their offense. Obviously, I, I've always liked Stafford. Anybody who can throw five thousand yards in the league uh, always has my vote at quarterback. If you've thrown for five thousand yards once in this league, uh, you've got my vote. And uh, so I've always I've always liked him. The offense. I've never worried about that offense putting points on the board as they start to get more healthy. Uh, I see that defense. It was the defense. That first half of the year for the defense was absolutely hard. And um, so, you know, I'd like to see that defense continue to grow. And I'd like to see Marvin Jones get back into the offense. Uh, you know, he's completely disappeared from that offense. Don't know why. This was a guy that was getting a lot of targets at the beginning of the season and really has just fallen off the radar if they could go ahead and make the offense just a little bit more balanced throughout, uh, I'd like to see that and the defense keep improving. As far as that's all concerned, though, certainly a team much more uh, put together and talented than the Chicago team. So, like I said, I've got Chicago players there. That i got the one guy's mother taking Detroit. It's terrible. So, thanks, Barbara Buffalo. You know, here, here's a really good one, and, um, you know, I, I really wonder how Tate's feeling about this one. A good shout-out to Tate Dello, folks, and, and the uh, Dello family. Um, great fans of the show and also um, fans of the Buffalo Bills. And, and Buffalo is going to have a team come in, Pittsburgh, that is – Pretty much, they're pretty desperate at this point, JT. Have you seen, I mean, I can't remember the last time I've seen a Pittsburgh team as desperate as they are as this Pittsburgh team coming into this game. No, you know, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh in general, like we touched on earlier, their defense is struggling. Uh, offensively, Le'Veon Bell looks great. Antonio Brown looks great. Ladarius Green, by the way, fantasy uh, players out there, if you're looking for a tight end that may still be available looks like he's getting a little bit more involved in the offense each week but other than that I mean where's the consistency on this team and uh it's shown because if Ben isn't having his you know prolific game where Antonio Brown and Ben and Le'Veon are going off that defense just can't keep the team in the game so I I just I I can't I can't believe that we're talking about a Pittsburgh defense like this it's just sad to see a storied franchise known for this. And, 
you've got a Pittsburgh team sitting at seven and five. Good thing that you know Cincinnati and Cleveland are in the in the division now. They because they're only fighting Baltimore here, um, but they need this win. You know they need this win. Buffalo sitting at six and six. You know, I mean, outside shot at possibly a wild card, very outside, you know. Um, So, to me, this Pittsburgh team will go ahead and do what they have to do. They're going to get on track, uh, and they're going to be putting a bunch of points on the board this week. And it's going to be the fact that I don't think that the Buffalo offense will be able to keep up with that. And that's where I'm going. I understand, you know, Buffalo scored over 300 points this year. They are a, believe it or not, high-powered offense in the league. I think it's their defense that's going to hurt them because even though the Pittsburgh defense is horrid, according to Pittsburgh standards, right now the Pittsburgh net, is 54 points. They've scored 54 more points than they've let up, which is clearly a lot better than than the right. Buffalo. So I'm well, going to go ahead. I'm going, I'm going Pittsburgh in this one, JT. Going Pittsburgh. Well, you know, I have to throw something out there. I'm going to mention that there's a network. Let's just call this network BSPN, uh, where some of their fantasy analysts were talking about how Pittsburgh's going to Buffalo and the weather should be a factor for Pittsburgh. Um, last what? time I checked, the weather in Pittsburgh and Buffalo are not like uh, it's not like Miami's going to Buffalo. Um, but they were mentioning how they think that downgrades the Pittsburgh offense. Last time I checked, guys, they play at Heinz Field, which has its share of wind, mud, snow, <laughs> ice, rain. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think, is going to be too much passing game. I think his receiving ability is what's going to stand out. And I agree with you. I think Pittsburgh wins this game as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, uh, I, I just don't I, I don't think. Well, you know, Pittsburgh is a warm weather tropical city. So, you know, it's going to be difficult to go to the, the you know, cold weather, but I think they're going to handle it. Well, usually when you go to Pittsburgh, uh, you're always dealing with the heat. So I, I understand <laughs> that. So, yeah. Okay, I got you. Um, no, Pittsburgh, and uh, keeping it moving here, two teams that really are irrelevant to the playoff picture, San Diego, Carolina. Uh, does Carolina continue the free fall? Sure. Why, why not? Yeah, no Luke Keekley again this week, it looks like. Um, the defense is struggling. Cam Newton doesn't even know how to follow the dress code. Uh, Philip Rivers can stop throwing it to the other team in the red zone. San Diego will win this game, and I think that's exactly what happens. Yeah, I, they're they're having difficulties in not handling the adversity of the uh, follow-up season to 15 and one. They're not handling that adversity real well. Moving along to another uh, set of teams that really, uh, well. Actually, Minnesota has a little bit of a chance, but Minnesota is going to travel to Mrs. Jester's Jacksonville Jaguars, folks. And uh, taking a look at this one, I, Clint T, you want to go first? 
Oh, Mrs. Jester already knows who I'm taking. Trust me, I'm sure I'll get my uh, um, nasty gram from her for this, but it's Jacksonville. Who cares? Minnesota's going to win this game. Jarek McKinnon is starting to become a PPR monster. Bradford's figuring out we can't run the ball. Let's swing him out of the backfield and let him use his elusiveness in the open field. Stephon Diggs is getting healthy. There's your winner. The Jacksonville Jaguars are the fourth worst net point team. They are a minus 89 on the season, folks. They have let up 89 more points than they have scored. It is absolutely harming. So what you're saying is is in the Gus Bradley farewell tour, you've got Minnesota. In the Gus Bradley farewell tour, in the uh, Blake Bortles doesn't give a shit about his coach tour. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just I have never seen a quarterback take a steps back like this. This is just if I didn't know better, he's like purposely tanking to get rid of the coach. I gotta be honest with you, I, this is just terrible. That that Jacksonville offense is better than what they're performing, way better. And uh, like I said. To some that would actually look intentional to get rid of a coach, but we'll see. Uh, no, Minnesota all day. Continue on. Jets, another great game, folks. Another one of these NFL classics. Here we go. Jets, San Francisco. Um, oh God. <laughs> yeah. And Bryce Petty getting the start, uh, fantasy players. So if you have Marshall and Nunwa, Forte, Fitzpatrick, pay attention. It's Bryce Petty's team for the remainder of the season. Yeah, and uh, going back to my original thought on picking San Francisco, I'm taking the Jets. Uh, Ditto. Atlanta and the Rams. JT? I think this game's going to be more interesting than it may appear on paper. You've got the whole, let me extend Jeff Fisher's contract, let me extend Les Snead's contract. They hate each other's guts. Jeff Fisher's taking shots at Les Snead in the media about his drafting of Trey Mason and other players high in drafts. So it's basically, well, it's a lot of 7-9 and nine BS, if you ask me. Uh, Atlanta, kind of a Jekyll and Hyde team. Some weeks they've looked really good and others they haven't. The part that scares me here is the news got a groin injury. Julio Jones has turf toe. Taylor Gabriel might be an interesting fantasy play this week due to that. I still think Atlanta's got plenty enough to win this game. But keep an eye on Julio because that could be a problem. I think you're being polite. You're talking about a team in the Atlanta Falcons who have scored 386.4 going against a team that their net points is a minus 82 because they've only scored 180. Uh, I don't right. even know why. Uh, I have zero idea well, why. Well, you have to admit. A better yeah. offense, though, since Goff's been in there. I'm not saying they're they're Atlanta, but they've been better. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I got you. I got you. No, they're definitely better since Goff's been in there, but still, uh, I don't see anywhere near for Atlanta. New, here's a matchup, though, that I can't wait to talk about. New Orleans-Tampa Bay. What do you got? Uh, Jameis Winston's my fantasy start of the week at any position. Um, Tampa Bay's offense is rolling. You get back Charles Sims, you quiz Rodgers. Um, New Orleans, Drew Brees struggling mightily and does have some tend to have some bad games against the Buccaneers. 
Uh, I think Tampa Bay actually wins this game. Folks, I, I, I hate to break this one to you. Here's a stat for everybody that I bet you I can get a bunch of people bet a beer on at the bar. The quarterback who, if he keeps on this pace, after two years in the league, will set the record for every quarterback after the first two years for more, the most passing yards in these first two years in his career, the most touchdowns thrown in the first two years of their career, Jameis Winston. People talked about what, oh, and want to talk about crab legs and college and this, that, the other. He has come into this league. He's come on a team that is average at best, and I'm being polite, and in his first two years, if he keeps going on the pace that he's on right now, will set an NFL record for quarterbacks in yards thrown and touchdowns by a quarterback. Do not sleep on Jameis Winston. This is a perfect game to take Tampa because of the one thing that you said – he, you know, Drew Brees is, you know, capable of having a tough game, in particular against a division opponent. We've seen it before with Tampa Bay. I don't expect anything different while they are in Tampa, and Tampa's on this little bit of roll and getting healthier as they go along. I've got Tampa, Seattle, Green Bay. <laughs> you know, Sunday night. You want to say? I'm sorry. Sunday nighter, right? No. Dallas Giants is the Sunday night game. Oh, I thought they'd have a good game on for Sunday night. All right. Okay. Very funny. So, oh, Very sorry, funny. I couldn't help that. I appreciate the setup, though. I'm just going to say this in, in, in the interest of time. Seattle's rolling. They've got injuries. Green Bay's starting to come back around a little bit on offense. Jordy Nelson looks like he's starting to trust the knee a little bit. That being said, I believe it's in Seattle, which gives the Hawks the advantage. Good green back. Ooh, I'm looking at that one wrong. I still say Seattle wins this game. Uh, let's. I just want to double check that. And uh, yeah, from what I've got, it is Thomas Rawls in show. This will be the Thomas Rawls show. It'll be interesting. It's going to be a tough game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than uh, some of the people that I've talked to uh, have predicted. It is the four o'clock game in Green Bay. I will go ahead and take Seattle in this one. We're going to skip the Sunday night game. We'll end up on the Giant game. We're going to go to the Monday night game real quick. Baltimore travels to New England. JT, uh, I've got, I'm sorry, uh, New England, anytime they're home, I refuse to pick against New England when they're home, and they've proven why. So, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to take New England on this one and not even need much of an explanation other than Brady, Belichick, home at Foxborough, check the record. Go ahead. Same. I'm right there with you. Couldn't couldn't add anything to that. And I'll let you go first on the Dallas Giants one so that I can wrap up the show with it. Right, right. Um, looking at this, I think the Giants have kind of gotten away on offense of what was working earlier in the year. I think you see Sterling Shepard with more targets, though something of interest to me is Shane Vereen activated off the IR and been practicing. He could be an X factor for them in this game. Uh, I think the guy's 
probably the most talented running back on the roster at this point. Uh, Dallas Rowland, double-digit win streak. Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, tough game to call. I say Dallas wins it in a close one. All right, Dallas. All righty. Um, folks, 12-0 and 0 is on the line here. I'm really feeling the pressure. This is it, the perfect season at hand. Who do I take? I've got the Giants. I've got Dallas. I've got a giant team that normally plays Dallas tough. I've got a giant team that doesn't have a steady running game but one hell of a passing attack. I've got a giant defense that is really, really finding itself and continues to get better week after week after week. And then we had last week with the Giants, and I actually picked that one, though, so I can't complain. Then you've got Dallas. Ugh, this is going to kill me to say. That offense is scary. It is just, and here's the thing. The Giants just barely won our, the first meeting in Dallas. 20, it was 20 to 19 that first game, folks, okay? Now they're coming to Giants Stadium this weekend, and it's a team where Prescott has some time under his belt now. You've got Ezekiel, who's just, Elliott just continued to get better week after week against a defense who's gotten better week after week against a team that is home and a team that needs this win. You got Manning versus Prescott. Unfortunately, they don't play on the field at the same time, so it really doesn't matter. And with that said, putting the streak on the line, JT, my pick this week, the New York Giants will lose to Dallas. A game that won't even be close by two touchdowns <laughs> as they expose the Giants and win rather handily 10 to 14 points without a problem. I will keep the streak alive at 13 and be unhappy for it. This has been the Fantasy Jester Show. I'm the Fantasy Jester. You've been listening to me and JT. If you had I am out of here. One opportunity. Seize everything you ever wanted. One moment. Did you capture? Just let it slip. Yo. His palms are sweaty. Knees weak. Arms are heavy. There's vomit on his sweater already. My-